You're listening to Inside Acting. To find out more and make a donation, visit our website at InsideActingPodcast.com. Welcome to episode 99 of Inside Acting. I'm AJ Meyer. And I'm Trevor Elgott. And on this podcast, we interview writers, directors, agents, managers, casting directors, and sometimes each other, <laughs> and put it into a, a podcast. We've been doing it for almost 100 episodes, yeah. and then putting it up on the internet for all of you people That's right. listening. And we're just two dudes who started a podcast. We don't have any special qualifications that we are aware of, other than having been in this industry for a few years and talked to some people who know a few things about a few things. So that's what it's all about. It's about you know engaging, uh, creating dialogue, and creating this community of actors where we can support each other and answer questions and share perspectives and and uh, and come to it all with the purpose of just growing knowledge, expanding you know our our knowledge base. And uh, I don't. You're gonna have to help me with this because I was about to say. And on this episode, we know we kind of. Um Decided, or chose rather, because we always want to choose, not decide, right? <laughs> uh, we kind of ch- are choosing on this episode to take episode 99 to just uh, kind of reflect on the journey a little bit. Uh, we actually have interviews in the can that are that are slated for release and everything, but um, rather than spread them out and break up you know, the interviews between 100, because 100 is going to be our live event next week, we thought we'd just kind of take the time to reflect on our journeys a little bit and we got actually some listener questions for us that we thought we'd respond to and uh, like about us, about our journey. So um, we thought we'd do that this week. So hope this is uh, not boring, guys, and useful. Oh, 99 episodes. I guess, you know, there are a lot of podcasts out there with several hundred episodes, but this feels important. But they're not us. This feels, <laughs> this feels I mean, you know, we know how much effort has gone into this, yeah. so it's, uh, it feels pretty pretty momentous to yeah. me. There's definitely something to be said for having like this check-in point, this weekly check-in of like, where are we? What, what did you create this week? What's going on? You know, and there's been week, week, you know, many, many weeks. We both know. We both have had them. There's been many, many weeks where the answer to that question is nothing. Like, yeah. Nothing really happened this week. And like, that's feedback too. It's like, okay, cool. Well, what, you know, what could you have done to support you in your acting career, to take it to the next level, to whatever? Yeah. So, um... Yeah, it's been a really fascinating journey, and I'm. I feel so blessed to have had the opportunity to do it with you, and to have had the opportunity to share the experience with all of our listeners. For sure, cool. It's been uh, it's been fun, man. It really has. And you know, in the spirit of that, we have just a handful of announcements we wanted to make before we get really uh, reflective here. <laughs> um, and, uh, we got some, some listener questions. Yeah. Too. I, there's, there's lots of good stuff in this episode, but, uh, before we, we jump into all of it, uh, of course, last call for, uh, RSVP for our hundredth episode at the SAG foundation next week. It's going to be March 12th at 7 PM at the SAG building, which is on Wilshire Boulevard between Fairfax and La Brea. 
Um, and you can go to our website for the link for the exact actually, you know, information and things like that. And if you want to come and you are a non-union actor, the only way to get your name on the list is to email us. And we're asking that people email us by Thursday or Friday of this week at the very, very latest. Um, so we can make sure that we get your name on the list. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you are union, you can sign up at the website. You know, I know there's a lot of you listening that are, are not in the States, you know, so it'll be live streamed, which is amazing. And you'll be able to watch it later on the life raft website or on, um, probably youtube.com slash SAG foundation. Yeah. And also you'll be able to, uh, listen to it in our feed because yeah, the, the audio. MP3 audio will become part of our feed. So that'll be episode 100. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about this event you got coming up, dude. Are those, is that all the details we need for the SAC Foundation thing? I, I think I so. I think so, yeah. <clears throat> awesome. Um, I'm teaching a workshop called Communicating with Your Character, a workshop on effective listening for actors. And it's um, it's my thesis, actually, for the PhD program that I'm doing as part of um, MITT's leadership trainings. So we, one of the, the major thing that we get to create in the PhD program is a thesis, which is a two and a half hour workshop with an outline. And we get to presence, you know, one or two leadership distinctions and actually deliver a training for a minimum of 25 people about that distinction. And one of the things that really, really, really stood out to me was um, that in, in what we were learning was um, uh, everything that we learned about with regards to listening. And one of the things, the re- I think the reason that stood out to me so much is that after going to UCLA and taking lots of acting classes and being in acting training and being an actor since, you know, I can remember, I've never once taken a class on listening. Hmm. Which is so interesting to me because so many acting teachers say, you know, acting is reacting. You need to be listening to your your scene partner and really taking in what they're saying, and then you know, and having that lead to whatever how whatever your reaction is, so on and so forth. And there, of course, there are all these different exercises that we do to get us really uh, connected to our scene partner and reacting naturally. <clears throat> you know, I'm thinking of like. Anybody who's done Meisner, like all the repetition stuff, that's what that's all about. It's like reacting naturally, having it come from a very authentic place. But still, never once has anyone, have I ever heard of anyone delivering a workshop on listening, like the art form that is listening. Mm -hmm. So it's not only going to be supportive in terms of people who are coming who are actors, but I have non-actors coming as well. It's going to support you in your life, in just all of your relationships. Yeah. So yeah. I'm really excited about that. Like I said, there's a lot of actors and non-actors coming. If you'd like to come to that, just get in touch with me. That's going to be March 18th, which is a Monday night um, at 7 p.m. Yeah. And uh, you can RSVP to me via Twitter, Facebook, email. Just get in touch with me so that I can put you on the list. Seating is very limited, and it's going to be on a first-come, first-served basis. Yeah. You can also email. Did you say you could email the podcast? Oh, yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, You can email the podcast as well if that is the easiest thing for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, get in touch with AJ for that. You know, I'm super stoked for this because I read a study somewhere a while ago that said something like 93% of our communication is nonverbal. Mm. So nothing to do with the voice. It has to do with body language. That really struck me. It's like, how much do we miss consciously? I mean, subconsciously, we pick up on everything. But consciously, how much are we missing? Because we're only listening to the words coming out of somebody's mouth. Yeah. And the the art of listening and taking in that that all of that stuff, or at least just becoming cognizant of what's actually being communicated is 
is really fascinating to me. Yeah. Like, so I, I, so, I know there's so many layers to it. There's, you know, it's not just the content of what they're saying, but how they're saying it. Like you said, nonverbal cues, like body language and stuff. And then also, um, what's the purpose of the communication? Yeah. Like what is the reason behind, can you, can you glean the reasoning behind what it is that they're saying, mm-hmm. you know, and that's mm-hmm. all, that's all you, that's all you taking in the information, right? Then there's this whole, other thing that 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 happens when you're actually listening you're actually communicating you are communicating as well so it's a two-way street so right, like when right. you're speaking to me yes i'm taking in all of that information that we just mentioned but i'm also communicating with you by my body language by how i'm listening am i making eye contact with you am i taking in what you're saying yeah and that is going to make you feel listened to or not and then i'm adjusting my tactics <clears throat> and you're adjusting yours based exactly. on the feedback you're getting in real time exactly so all this stuff that we just i think a lot of us kind of miss sometimes mm-hmm. when we get into our automatic right and mode it's, of whatever yeah, and it's, and it's it's very it's it's very layered and so i what i'm going to what i what i get to do in my workshop is i'm not even going to focus like how you were just saying like adjusting tactics i'm not i'm not even going to go there because really what it's about is first getting this step that no one really thinks about which is the listening and communicating aspect mm-hmm. you know so let's let's focus on that so so that you it can inform what you know what how it changes your tactics how it changes your objective how it changes your you know whatever um, uh, you're doing to your scene partner in, in that right. scene. You're doing, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 So it, that's going to be fascinating. <clears throat> I hope, uh, I hope that a lot of our listeners take advantage of that. Cause I'm really stoked to be there and, awesome, uh, man. and I'm, I'm excited to have you pick up what you've, what you, what you're putting down. <laughs> you picking up what I'm putting down? <laughs> uh, two more announcements. Um, this is pretty cool. Adam Emperor, Adam Emperor Southerd was a guest back in episode 45. He's a friend of the podcast. Um, he wrote all the music or most of the music for the musical group that I did a while ago. Brilliant guy. Um, he's also a photographer and he takes some really great headshots and, uh, I asked him if he would be so kind as to offer our listeners a discount. And he said, of course. So if you go to Adam's website, which is bestlaheadshots.com and mention the podcast, he'll give you 15% off his already really low prices. What? So you can see some of his work there. I think he charges 150 bucks for headshots and 15% off that is, what is that? Like 30 bucks, 20 bucks, something, something like that. Pretty sweet deal. Um, so check that out. If his work resonates with you, be sure to mention the podcast and, and get in with him. And then secondly, Porter Kelly, who was episode 11 has a really, really kick-ass commercial audition technique class that I took years ago. And it, it literally, uh, not only did I learn to actually track my commercial callback rate and stuff like that from her, but, um, when I started tracking it, I realized that with her, what I learned from her, my callback ratio bumped up to like 85, 90%. I was getting callbacks really, really consistently after taking her class. So what she teaches in, in my opinion, for me at least was the proof is in the pudding. It's great stuff. And she's got a new class starting up on March 31st. And, uh, if you mention the podcast, you get $75 off. That's almost 30% off. What? So, uh, cannot recommend that enough and porter has been extremely uh supportive not only at the podcast but of, of me and my career individually as well so um great Man. person really valuable training and <clears throat> awesome discount if i was not lose if i wasn't in a show right now i would totally be taking her up on that oh my yeah, goodness it's pretty kick-ass dude it's pretty kick-ass so uh links to all of that is on our website so make sure you guys check it out and uh get some discounts on and uh now i guess we get to get a little ooey gooey Aww. You get to get a little self-reflective here. Aww. All right. 
Yeah, man, 99 episodes. Um, tell me a little bit about what this, I mean, we alluded to it, you know, a few minutes ago, but what has this meant to you? What, it, what, what has, what do you think has happened for you as a result of this podcast, both internally and externally that, that may not have happened? And of course the if game you can play forever, but <clears throat> what do you, are there any sort of concrete things that have just really helped like shifted your life as a result of doing something like this? I think, I think it came it really came into focus when you, when you and I were talking about doing a sort of self-reflective episode 99. Um, and that is putting words on it. And it's something that I've been talking about a lot in the leadership training. And now that I'm, now that I'm actually coaching a team, one of the things that we as humans find challenging is putting words on say specifically our vision. So literally saying, you know, my vision for my life is X and what I am committed to is X. And I declare that by such and such a date, I will have X like putting words on it is something that is very challenging for human beings in general. And I think the reason behind that is because once you put words on it, then your ass is on the line. Hmm. Like once you put words on it, it's like, okay, now you get to deliver on that. And so to have an opportunity to week after week after week put words on what's going on in my life, in my career, in your life, in your career, and be able to just talk it out with each other and also with our listeners, I think that has been the most valuable thing for me from the podcast. Mm. And so I guess my, my, my invitation to our listeners is to don't be afraid to put words on it. Don't be afraid to put words on. I mean, yeah, it's scary because once it's out of your mouth, then it's a, a declaration, you know, mm-hmm. but a dream dreamed alone is just a dream. It's just fantasy. A dream dreamed out loud and with other people is, is that's a declaration. That's, that could become reality. That's a vision. That's something that you can work on with, you know, other people around you to make yeah. it happen, yeah. you know? And, and I think that th- th- this, there's a subcategory to what I'm saying right now. And it's the the whole thing of like how actors tend to kind of they're the automatic for an actor. And maybe it's just because that's the automatic for a human being. But I think the automatic for an actor is sort of like being a lone wolf. Hmm. Like this is my career and I'm responsible for it. And there's, there's nothing that anyone can do unless they're a casting director, producer, director or whatever. There's sort of this like lone wolf um, mentality. And I think what we've engendered with the podcast and the, people who now surround the podcast, um, is a, is a, is an environment of support and an environment of like, no one's really in this alone, Mm. you know? Mm. So you can have somebody who's, you know, in the minorest of minor markets in, you know, Austria or something like that, or Australia, who's listening to this podcast going, cool. There are other people out there who think the same way that I do, feel the same way that I do, and I can I know where to find them. I can reach out to them. I have this community of actors that's virtual, if not physical, like actually, you know, meeting them in person. And I think that those two things have been immensely valuable because just like, you know, enrolling people into their lives supports you because you'll be then surrounded by people who are transformed, who are leaders, who are like taking their life to the next level. And that that's by, by just proximity going to support you all boats rise with the tide. Yeah. I think that the same goes for this podcast Mm -hmm. and 
putting this, I feel, I, I genuinely believe, and I, I don't have a specific thing to point to. I know you have a couple of instances where you like, you ended up in people's projects and that kind of thing. I have nothing specific to point to, but I, I've, I have, I firmly believe that the energy that we've put out into the universe has come back to us hmm. multiple times mm-hmm. over. You know, that lone wolf thing really resonates with me because as you were talking, I was taken back to a moment when I was in high school, when I had first booked an agent in New York city, uh-huh. I was living in Philadelphia. I was in high school and I had this agent in New York city that was calling me up every week or two. And I go, I'd take the train up on my own. I'd actually take off of school and take the train up and do the audition and take the train back. It was like three hours each way. I found this really cheap way to take like three different train lines for like 15 bucks round trip up to New York city. But I'd leave at like six in the morning and I would get back to like 10 at night. Right. Um, but, uh, I remember I, I had an audition for some TV show and now I'm like 16, 17 years old. And, uh, I had the sides and I was working on them with my stepmom and she was, you know, I was doing the read with her and she said something about like, you know, you, maybe we should get a coach for you. And I was like, so not offended, but like incensed at the, at the, at the suggestion (laughs) that I, that, 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 that we bring somebody else into it because my view at that point was that like the authenticity of my work comes from me and me alone and that nobody else, uh, can come in and, and I don't want anybody else to come in and taint that or try to shape it and make it theirs or somehow, somehow shift the, the, the authenticity of the, of the work of the, of the, the source or whatever you want to call it. You're also talking about your process. Th- at that well. point, it's my process as well. Yeah. And so when you said the lone wolf thing, I was reminded of that moment. And what I've learned through the podcast, like to the T, without a doubt, is that, again, yeah, nobody does it alone, but especially how important it is to align with other people. That is something I did not anticipate with this podcast. I just wanted to kind of hear from people and then maybe take what they had done and then go out there and do it myself. But what's ended up happening as I've teamed up with people that I've met through the podcast and they've helped me out of tight spots and I've been able to return the favor and help them out of tight spots or, or pay it forward and help somebody else. And somebody else comes along and does something. It's just this weird, um, unanticipated mutual goodwill that's been happening on an artistic level, as well as like a very tangible physical career level. Yeah. So that's been, uh, that was huge. Um, for me, when I just realized that when you said that, actually, yeah, no dream that's ever been accomplished was accomplished alone. Yeah, like, yeah, it just doesn't happen. It yeah, doesn't happen. And the other thing you said about putting language on it, um, I've been reading a lot about subconscious and how our brains work and stuff. There's a really great book that was my pick of the week almost a year ago, probably called The Brain That Changes Itself. Yeah, I remember that. Um, which was more about the plasticity of the brain and how it reallocates. Uh, real estate based on the dominant experiences that it is subjected to. But the subconscious is something that's really fascinating to me because it's like 90% of our lives, like the 10%, it's like a golf ball on top of a basketball. Like the golf ball is our conscious experience and the basketball, the 90% below it is how much of our world is programmed, just conditioned through repetitive behavior, through our experiences. And I'm, I'm learning that the subconscious never forgets a thing. It never forgets a word that is said to you about you, uh, for you that you overhear. It never forgets any of that stuff. And so when you said put words on it, I was thinking to myself and, and, and consciously put words on it, like be very selective with the, you said a few, a few episodes ago, you said transformation is in the language. Yeah. I'm starting to realize it is really important. The words that you choose. 
especially when you're talking about yourself because your subconscious takes that and internalizes it. And in almost every instance, if the word, if the sentence includes the word me, I, you, you in reference to me, um, it, it interprets that as a command. It isn't, it, you're giving your, your subconscious instructions on how to handle upcoming situations. Wow. How to handle the unknown that is the future. Yeah. And so when you, yeah, when you said put words on your vision, I was like, oh yes. And do it very deliberately. Yeah. Very yeah. deliberately that the importance of that <clears throat> cannot be underestimated. Yeah. Because like there's that saying, I think it's a, I think it's a Henry Ford quote actually about I mean, it's really cheesy and actually they made fun of it on family guy once, but it's like, whether you think you can, or you think you can't, you'll be right. That was Mark Twain or somebody. It's probably been attributed to like eight different. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So don't, don't, don't write in letters to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Dear Adrian Trevor. Yeah. I was there when Mark Twain (laughs) said, yeah, I mean, but it, but it's, it's a very cheesy quote, but it's also very true. Like whatever you believe and whatever you say, whatever you buy into, whatever you're enrolled into is going to be true. You know, we, we're meaning making machines. So if the meaning that you're making is I can't be a successful actor or whatever you're, or whatever it is for you, you're going to be right. Mm -hmm. So why not? You know, tell yourself a helpful story. <laughs> Thank you, Bjorn Johnson. Thank you, Bjorn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I I don't know. I mean, it sounded like you just, you know, aligned with some of the stuff that I was saying, but I'm curious what you feel like is, is like the major takeaways from for me doing this for a hundred episodes. Um, you know, so many things, uh, definitely, uh, understanding that nobody does it alone. Um, and, and man, you know, like all the letters that we get from people, random letters, just saying, Hey, I really, uh, value what you guys do. It's made a big difference in my life and in my journey. I've made, I'm making a major life change based on something that you guys said, and I'm really excited about it. And, and then we hear from them a year later, we have, maybe we don't hear from them for a while. A year later, they write in and say, Oh, this happened, this happened, this happened. I've been listening all along. Thank you for helping guide my career or my journey. And that that's like part terrifying and part so humbling to yeah. know that, that it's like an exercise in like, in like, I don't know, maybe self-worth or personal power or something, because it just makes me think like, wow, what I, what I have to say does kind of matter. It goes out there and people do get value out of it. Yeah. Cause sometimes I, mean, I think I'm just this schmo talking into a microphone and why would anybody listen to me? But it's really cool to hear that, that some people are really positively affected by this, this little thing, this little thing we do. And it's so little, but it, it has ripple yeah. effects. And I'm so honored to, to have been a, a part of people's journey that way. People get to make their own choices. So, you know, if they choose to move here or they choose to move to New York or they choose to be an actor or stop being an actor and move away from LA and move to Seattle, like Mike, like, People get to make their own choices. However, one of the things that I've always prided us on is being authentic and being truthful about our experiences, number one. And number two, being empowering Mm -hmm. to make those choices, to be, you know, whatever it is you want to be. Yeah. I I don't want to toot our own horn too much, but yes, I'm absolutely in agreement about that. (laughs) So we have an email um, that kind of sparked the idea for this self-reflective episode from uh, a woman named Candace. She wrote in and said, um, uh, she gave us some feedback actually, which was really, really wonderful to hear. Uh, And then she said, you know, I'd also love to hear you guys talk more about acting. 
Um, she says, I love that you talk about the business stuff. I'm learning a lot of ins and outs. So I appreciate all that insight. But she said, I'd love to hear about, uh, you know, what types of roles have been traditionally most challenging for you? Do you remember the first time you got out of your head and really flew in a scene and a few questions like that. And I thought that'd be kind of fun to respond to since we don't really talk about that stuff on the show. We usually don't go into technique land. Yeah. Uh, I saw your response to this email and I was like, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. Like we, we, we do tend to avoid. Yeah. Well, how did you put it? Like we avoid technique land because uh so many people like have different techniques or like yeah and it's 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 experiential you know i mean talking about it on a podcast seems strange to me um but uh i don't know i thought these questions were kind of cool and we've never talked about this so uh i know we're on a time limit here but uh i thought i'd maybe pose this first one to you dude what types of roles have been traditionally most challenging for you you know it used to be i was thinking about that because you know i did read her email and i read through the questions um, I think for me, it's been, um, uh, the two things that, that stand out to me right away is comedy used to be really challenging for me. Um, which is not to say that it's easy now. I don't want to, you know, make stuff up, but, um, uh, I, I, I made it harder than it is. And what I started to realize is that it's really just about telling the truth, just like anything else, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just being, being in the truth of the scene. And, you know, it, uh, hopefully the writing is good enough that it's funny just because you're playing with the truth of this, of the scene, you yeah. know, c- comedy is funny. <clears throat> Maybe not sitcom comedy because sitcom comedy is like this, its own brand of comedy, but it still grows out of like r- real situations. But comedy is funny because we recognize, you know, the truth in it. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that's been challenging for me is when, a director doesn't, if, if it's like a really odd, cause I do a lot of theater where you can get away with like avant-garde, really odd off things. And if a director doesn't have a vision for it, creating something from nothing when it comes to like a very avant-garde out there, weird piece is, has been very mm. challenging mm. for me. Um, and I don't know what that says about my creativity, <laughs> but there you have it. Right on dude. Right um, on. How about you? Uh, Ben, you know, the types of world that have been traditionally most challenging for me, I think are, uh, this, like the straight, like normal, nice guy roles, to be honest. I, I tend Being to, yourself. <laughs> yeah. I tend to, I mean, I'm getting better at it, but traditionally speaking, I, I tend to want to, um, really characterize stuff or really just act, put something onto it. Oh, interesting. Rather than just be, and I'm learning to just be now, but, um, I'm always stricken by how effortless acting often is when I think it should be, I should feel like I'm pushing against something. That's how I know it's effective. That's how I know I'm working. Right. Mm. But, uh, but actually that's not the case. And, no. uh, it, it's taken me this long. I mean, I've realized this for a couple of years and every time I do something, I go a little further with it. Uh, but, but that's always been interesting to me to kind of feel, Oh, it, it should feel like just floating. That almost. Sh- does that show up in your life too? <laughs> Am I being coached right <laughs> now? Well, I'm just asking, I'm just asking. It sounds like something where like, you know, you're pushing, you're like, Oh, uh-huh. this has to be hard. Yeah. No, it does. It does show up in my life a lot. Uh, so question number two for you, dude, Do I you- think I remember the, this happening for you when the first time I got out of my head and flew in a scene. Yes. Really? Yeah. Um, I mean, to correct me if I'm wrong, but there was that moment where you like really let go of a lot of stuff when we were behind the powerhouse. I think it was during a, I can't remember it was a gospel performance or a performance of the Scottish play or something, but like you were backstage in between the trailer and the theater and like you laid down for a minute 
like like literally down by the trash cans or something like that and like uh-huh. you were just breathing and like you had this moment of like clarity where you're just like why am i oh. making this so hard and like you let it go and like that night was like a really opening yeah. night for you i think that might have been first squad yeah or i but there was a around, story though there was the good prisoner i think was when i started to have that revelation but i just i just realized that that the struggle was not it doesn't need to be like like ben always says there's no extra credit for the struggle yeah. And I was just like, I'm so tired of like pushing so hard. So I was like, how about I just go out there and just be, and just be, yeah. and just, and just like, if my character wants to dance and it's completely inappropriate, I'm just going to dance and trust that it's the right response because that's what Trevor feels like doing in that moment. And that's ultimately infinitely more interesting than, oh, that person died. So he should be crying right now. Yeah. How fascinating is it to see that person died and that guy's dancing? What the hell? But that's how we are in real life. Yeah. We laugh at inappropriate times. You know? yes. like we dance at inappropriate times. We do strange shit because our, our emotions are not a straight line. So I think um, it was around that time for me. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what it was, but there was a, a switch that flipped during some slew of 99 seat theater where I just was like, this is what I've been doing is not honest. So it's time to get honest. Wow. Yeah. And that whole slew of shows, Good Prisoner, First Squad was one and yeah. a couple others. Yeah. How about yeah. you? Um, I can't remember the exact show, but I do remember one time doing a performance and um, I got to the end of it and I didn't remember doing it. Like I got to the end of it. I didn't go up on any of my lines. I didn't screw anything up. I didn't whatever. And I even asked other people like how it went, <laughs> but I did an entire, it was like actor's nightmare kind of like I did an entire performance got to the end and went, I don't remember what happened on stage tonight. <laughs> that must've been surreal. So it was like a bit of an out of body experience. And I, 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 I really appreciated that because, um, there's definitely one thing that I pride myself on and it's being aware. Like I'm always aware of everything going on stage. Like I'm a, I'm a director's best friend because like if something happens on stage and I am in a position to fix it, I will fix it in mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's picking up somebody's line or picking up a prop that fell or whatever, like I'm always aware of everything that's going on and it doesn't always serve me because then I end up having like a director's eye, mm-hmm. which is not what you want to be doing as a, as, as an, an actor. actor. Yeah. You got to let go of that you gotta surrender <clears throat> yeah. a little bit. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, but you know, part of it is for me is about uh, telling the best story. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, in, 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 especially especially on stage, not so much in film, but especially on stage, there's something to be said for um, being so aware that you realize where you fit in the storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's something to be said for for being on stage. But yeah, yeah. Do you like watching yourself? You know, I was looking at this question. I don't have a real problem with it, to be honest. I I'm always surprised when I watch myself that I'm actually. Mm, this is going to sound arrogant, but I'm actually better than I thought I was. When it doesn't I, sound I, arrogant because you can think, think you were terrible. <laughs> I, al- I usually do think I'm t- I'm usually like, I, I brace myself to be disappointed. And then I watch myself kind of when I squinted, when I kind of barely watching, and I'm like, oh, actually, you know what? That guy on screen isn't half bad. So, um, so I don't, I don't have a major problem with it. I, I, I sometimes don't like the way I look. Um, in fact, I'm usually like, do I really look like that? But other than that, um, I don't have a problem with it. How about you? I don't have a problem with it either. I sometimes I'll catch myself doing like bad habits and I'm like, okay, cool. That's just feedback. I get to take that in and like apply that the next time. But, um, you know, the more I see myself doing things on camera, the, 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 the more I see myself applying that meaning getting rid of those bad habits. And so it's been a, uh, 
a progression, I guess, but I've never really been like, I don't know. Like I didn't want to watch it. Mm-hmm. So uh, next question for you. <clears throat> Do you set craft specific goals such as developing your comedic skills or exploring Shakespeare? Um, I don't, I don't. And that's something that I, I would really love to get back to because that's kind of what you do all throughout school, right? Like yeah. when you're studying, um, now it's, I, 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 I find myself only setting business specific goals, mm. um, marketing specific goals, networking or relationship building specific goals. So, um, you know, I, I remember when, before I graduated, I made a promise to myself. I'm like, I get to like keep working on monologues, reading scripts, this and that. And, um, and I don't, and it's funny because like when I find myself doing it, I enjoy it. You know, if I read a, a Shakespeare play just because, you know, I enjoy it. And, and when I, I enjoy seeing good theater and good films and, and I feel like that's, you know, sort of studying the craft and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. But as far as me working on myself, I don't do it nearly as much as I would like. And I know there's a lot mm-hmm. of actors that take classes in order to keep their, their skills honed. Um, and for a while I was just doing play after play after play after play in order to do that. Um, but I would really like, I thought that was a really, really great question. Cause it actually inspired me to hmm. make a new choice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how about you? Uh, I like you, I don't do so many craft specific goals these days, uh, unless it's with in, in, in respect to, uh, like writing or being a, a creator from the creator vantage point. Um, I'm definitely learning a lot about writing and, and plot structure and character archetypes and things like that, because I, I definitely want to veer into the DIY side of things more often, but the acting, as far as like making myself the most well-rounded actor there is, uh, I probably should do more of that. I probably should be exploring more Shakespeare or developing my, my comedy skills or especially my cold reading skills and on camera. I mean, that's stuff that, that you could improve on indefinitely. Yeah. But I feel like I have a decent handle on those things. And I'd like to focus more on just telling stories yeah. and not waiting for somebody else to give me that, but to start telling the best story I can tell. So my, my goals are craft specific, but not necessarily acting craft specific right. these days. Right. I know we've got just a few minutes left before you've got a role. So mm-hmm. let me uh, squeeze these in for you or rather, rather let's squeeze this last question in for you. What's the most thrilling actor experience you've had? with a role or performance? Um, I've had so many amazing experiences working with the national theater of Greece was incredible. Um, working, um, in the outdoor theater at the Getty Villa was incredible. Being, being in a musical out there, like, are you kidding me? It was like a freaking dream come true. You were awesome in that too. Um, oh, that's right. You saw I that. Saw it, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. Um, and that was amazing. Um, and then the war cycle, just the entirety of the war cycle being a part of something that important and that, um, emotionally connected to humanity. Like mm-hmm. there was not a single person that ever came to see any one of those shows who was like, Oh, that was not a good show or whatever. Like everybody came away either touched or crying or like, Oh my God, that was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. So to be a part of that was just amazing. Yeah. Um, how yeah. about you? Yeah, absolutely. War cycle hands down was, was definitely the most thrilling experience, thrilling, meaning like electric experience yeah. I've ever had. Yeah. Uh, all of the shows, but specifically playing bill and wounded was huge for me. Um, that was nice. my first real, real heavy main stage role outside of school. Um, and then uh, first squad of course is just amazing. Uh, just cause of the subject matter and the fact that you just get to not, you get to be, we got to be real people, but also be, 
uh, amped up in, yeah. in the ways that only a situation like I imagine a combat zone could amp you up right. with a bunch of other dudes carrying guns, running around swearing <laughs> all the time. It was it was like playing army, but yes. with a bunch of like twenty something guys. Yes, for sure. Uh, and you know, obviously, knowing we had a real duty to tell the story uh, as accurately as and as sensitively as possible, uh, and, and as realistically as possible, was was a thrilling experience in itself. Just to yeah. know that what we were doing was actually happening, you know, to one degree or another. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. So what's your pick of the week, dude? So um, you actually inspired me about halfway through this episode to change my pick of the week um, to The Four Agreements um, by... Uh, what's Don, name? Don Ruiz? Miguel Ruiz. Don Miguel Ruiz, and yes. So. Um, and I, I can't remember exactly what it was that you said. Something about interpreting our world. Yeah, you said something about like the way that we interpret our world. And like that book okay. is oh, cool. is so... It it really changed changed the way that I view life. Um, I mean, <clears throat> even the stuff leading up to the four agreements, um, all the stuff before that, like the first half of the book, is really supportive in terms. Of, oh, I know what it was. It was you were talking about how we uh, we interpret things, or we were both talking about how we interpret things and how like our entire life creates the human that, that makes those interpretations, you know? And they talk about that in that book, how like, um, it creates our experiences, create the, the, the filters that we take, Mm -hmm. that we take Mm -hmm. things in as, and, um, and, uh, the four agreements for those of you who haven't read it, um, be impeccable with your word. Mm -hmm. Uh, don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's a short book, so pick it up and you'll be done with it in an hour or two. It's really, really, really good. And yet something you can read over and over and over again. Yeah. Absolutely. Glean things from it. I think I might reread it now that I'm making it my pick of the week. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great book. I actually have two copies, strangely enough. I'm not sure where I got both of them, but I have two. Um, cool, man. So my pick of the week is, uh, is a movie that I've wanted to see for a while that we talked about just before we started recording, um, that I, I missed in the theaters, but I saw it on Netflix instant. So I watched it the other night. It's called Safety Not Guaranteed. And it's, uh, it's a movie by the Duplass brothers who are kind of like famous in the indie film world because what they, else have they done? They did a movie called like the puffy chair or something about a puffy chair I, I, something like that but <laughs> but it, it was like it was like the indie darling or so i don't know so, i'm not really sure what it was but that's how they they made their career and this is another movie not written by them but produced i and i think co-directed by them or something but it's a really really fun uh movie about um this guy who puts an ad in the paper saying he wants to time travel he needs somebody to go back with him. It's not a joke. They must have, they must bring their own weapon. And so these, these reporters go to like investigate him, but it's like this one kind of asshole reporter and two interns and the things that it's really, it's just a fun movie, man. It's cool. I'm excited. Cause I, I didn't know it was on Netflix until we were talking about it before we started recording. And now I like, I want to go watch it like right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm really excited. about it's it. It's cool. It's, it's got a good mix. It doesn't flow as smoothly as, as like a, it, I thought that it was a little clunky in some parts, but overall, uh, I, I was really pulled along in the story and I was really like, wait, wait well, this, this could go like any number of directions right now. I, I'm so like into this right now. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, you know, it's just, it, it's a great movie. So, yeah, um, so that's my pick. And then we have a pick from uh, listener Mike Bowers. 
So he wrote in he a couple of episodes ago. He actually recommended the Catherine Tate show, and I think this must have been inspired by your Monty Python. Uh, I'm sorry, Faulty Towers uh, pick of the week because Catherine Tate is is in the same kind of vein. Yeah, is that from what I understand? Uh, yes, it was Mike Bowers. Um, so Catherine Tate show. I actually did not have a chance to check it out, but he said it's just really great stuff. So we'll put a link to the official Catherine Tate show website on our website so listeners can check that out if they're if they're interested uh and then i think that does it for self-reflective episode 99 <laughs> yeah yeah man uh and i definitely want to thank candace again for sending in those questions she she did say she would love to hear our answers as well as our guests answers to those questions yeah so we'll make sure to incorporate more of that stuff in future interviews uh, and then also maybe lean towards that stuff when we talk about our own big learns uh, each episode. Yeah. So thank you, Candace, again for for sparking really this entire episode. Uh, you were our inspiration. Yeah, and I'm glad we got the chance to do it. So a lot of different ways for you guys to get in touch with the podcast and support the podcast. Um, most of you probably know what they are by now, but let's do a quick rundown anyway. Uh, hit up our website, InsideActingPodcast.com, to start, where you can leave a comment on the episode, listen to all the episodes, search for anything, uh, and of course, uh, interact with us by emailing us or calling us, InsideActingPodcast at gmail.com or 2132actors. And of course, three two 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 eight six seven seven. Yes, and of course, we're on the Twitters, we're on the Facebooks, uh, Twitter.com slash inside acting, Facebook.com slash inside acting, um, and you can also find us on uh, iTunes and Actorated, where you can leave us a five star review, no less. <laughs> leave a little review, please, um, and uh, tell us what you think of the of the show. Yeah, and then lastly, you can donate to the show. We don't do this for. I mean, we we. It is not free to produce this show, is what I was trying to say. Uh, it definitely costs money in terms of uh, hours worked, server fees, um, transportation, things like that. So um, every penny that pe- that our listeners donate goes right back into making the podcast a better podcast. Um, so if you have a couple bucks that you'd like to kick our way for the value you've gotten out of the show over the years, please do. Any amount counts. You can do um, one penny to a million dollars or more, I think. Uh, and then also you can become, if you'd like, become a recurring monthly donator patron type person which is three five ten or twenty dollars a month you can cancel any time and all of those donations and contributions are tax write offable meaning uh, you can count them as education expenses so lots of wins lots of reasons to uh contribute to the show and uh, we hope you guys feel uh inclined to do so because it's what keeps the wheels turning and that does it for episode 99. Wow. So, uh, last of the double-digit episodes. That's and that right. And we're into uh, triple digits and That's no right. going back. So, oh, my goodness. Um, for episode 99, I'm Trevor Algon. I'm AJ Meyer. We'll see you next week in the triple digits. Triple digits.